Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Columbus Day. Senator Brakey joins us. Good morning, Senator Brakey. How are you? Good morning, man. I wake up, uh, it seems like once a month, I wake up and think, has it been another month already? (laughs) That's what most people think when they see me. It's like, wasn't I just there? Like, it. (laughs) Yeah, it, it really it, it go it goes by really quick. So, um, you're still uh, waiting for the January uh, rollout to for the legislature to to go back in session, but you've been managing to stay quite busy in the meantime. Absolutely. Well, the Health and Human Services Committee, which is the committee that I chair, has been doing a a couple of additional meetings in the off session. We're looking at allocations on the fund for Healthy Maine, as well as a couple other topics we may be taking up. So we've been keeping busy as well as just uh, myself. I I really appreciate the opportunity when we're out of session to just be in the community more, connect with constituents and hear their concerns. I've heard a lot from different constituents on legislative ideas, bills they'd like to see me sponsor on their behalf in the second session. So uh, I've I've actually put in a a lot of new legislation, uh, a lot of it coming directly from constituents. because it's a, a short session, uh, there's going to be some limitations on what we can actually take up. But I'm going to fight for uh, trying to have my constituents' ideas be heard. That's uh, that's really awesome. You know, I, I didn't even realize, and I, I'll ask you, if, and you can tell me if you know a ton about this or not. And if you don't, no big deal. This new thing that uh, they're trying to limit folks, um, it, no, uh, it, it's, uh, I believe, people who don't have children that are single that are on uh, state aid for whatever reason, uh, limiting them to the $5,000 thingy, uh, $5,000 in limits. There's been a big upcry about it, but most of the time they don't sneak in there that it's childless whatever individuals. Let's talk a little bit about that because there's been a little bit of a, as always, there's a little bit of a hoo-ha anytime you talk about trying to remake welfare (laughs) one way or the other, basically. You know, I I think that the main people have been very clear, especially in this lax last election cycle that they expect more accountability uh, in these well in the in our in Maine's welfare programs uh, they expect the limited resources we have available for these programs to be going to those who are in the greatest need you know especially individuals with um, individuals with disabilities individuals who are in a situation where they really cannot help themselves and also to those people who are just in a really very difficult short-term problem and just need help getting back on their feet. Um, So, and this this particular piece we're going to do, I'm sure we're going to do some more review of in the, uh, when we come back in January. Uh, This uh, this has been uh, kind of uh, proposed and implemented through, uh, as is the governor's prerogative with these sorts of things through executive action. Um, I I think there's a couple things, my understanding to note is that um, it's, so it's $5,000 in assets, but those $5,000 in assets don't include, you know, your primary vehicle, your home. I mean, we're not talking about, oh, you, you know, you have a place to live, therefore you can't receive. You know, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about people having $5,000 in and above what you actually need. So if someone has, uh, 
if they have snowmobiles, if they have recreational vehicles. Harleys. Right. If Not that ha- that would ever happen, you well, know, and right. It, and it does bring up a good point. I mean, some of the objections that have come up to this have been, well, you know, it's really kind of not fair to make people have to, you know, sell off all these, all, all their kind of their, you know, life, life pleasures and stuff, um, you know, just to receive a little bit of help. Well, you know, when you frame it that way, sure. But I, I, I guess I do like to think that if we're talking about taking taxpayer money and, you know, how do you get taxpayer money? It's not voluntarily contributed. It's taken from people by force. They don't have a choice in it. If we're talking about taking taxpayer money, I would think the first thing you should do if you kind of fall into the hard times is, you know, look at your budget, look at what you have coming in, what you have going out, see where you can, where you can, uh, uh, you know, tighten the belt a little bit. Um, and if you have, if you have an extra snowmobile, you know, that, <laughs> that certainly is not a, 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 a necessity for life. Maybe you look at selling that before you res- before you resort to taking taxpayer money. I, I don't think that's a, that's ridic- uh, that's a ridiculous idea. I think the main people, um, especially the selection cycle, were very clear about uh, their overall broad feelings about how these welfare programs are implemented and how their tax dollars are being used. And I think that this is a is a positive reform, and we'll we'll I'm sure we'll have some more discussions about it when we come back in January. And, and once again, that was you know th- that's not for folks with like five kids or whatever. It's for able-bodied, childless folks that are that are on uh, exactly. on the welfare rolls. Exactly. So, which always seems to be left out every time there's a big headline. Main <laughs> limits da, 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 for five thousand dollars, and then down to the byline for childless, able-bodied, because you know. We're we're looking out for them. That's well, what it really doesn't fit the narrative. I, that, oh, that's right. I, <laughs> I forget that sometimes. Senator Brakey is in. 717, 42 degrees. We'll have more with him coming up. You're listening to The Breakfast Club. The news continues now on the area's only local radio station. The- LA's only local radio station. 724, 42 degrees outside on Columbus Day. No Nina's, Pintas, or Santa Maria's today. Senator, State Senator Eric Brakey is in with us now. First segment, we talked about that uh, new proposal to uh, the about the $5,000 asset test, uh, test for uh, folks that are able-bodied and don't have children. Now we move on to constitutional carry because October 15th becomes law, correct? It's it, Constitutional carry is, is in. You can, you can carry a gun in the state without uh, and, and put a jacket on at the same time. Yeah, this Thursday. Wow. It's... Um, you know, it's it's this has been something that the argument and the case has been made for in this state for close to twenty years and we finally, you know, with a bipartisan, large bipartisan majorities in the House and the Senate, Republicans and Democrats, independents, members of leadership in both parties, uh, we uh, we voted to uh, to allow this common sense reform become law. And it was signed into signed by the governor. It'll be going into effect this Thursday. You know, it's something that I've certainly heard, um, you, you know, having sponsored the legislation and, and been through kind of the, the rigmarole trying to carry it forward. Uh, you know, I've certainly heard ob- objections. I've heard some people say, oh, this is going to make us like the Wild West. And, you know, I, I always think about uh, this is essentially this is law that's uh, based on law that's on the books in Vermont. And it's been there for 200 years in Vermont. Well, Vermont is pretty consistently ranked the safest state in the nation with the lowest amount of uh, violent crime per capita in the country. 
And it's it's interesting to me that even as, you know, Vermont used to be a very conservative state, but they've become more and more liberal, progressive. I mean, socialist Bernie Sanders represents Vermont. Um, but this has been such a non-problem for them that even as they have become more and more of a deep blue state, they haven't changed this. Why? Because even as they are kind of more socialist and progressive in Vermont, still gun ownership is is there they have some of the great highest levels of gun ownership in vermont and they're one of the safest states and it's not a problem um, i think we're going to see that uh, similar results here in maine that uh, we're already one of the safest states i think this will make us a safer state um, i think especially when we hear about really terrible tragedies happening across the country and and states that don't have some of the, the strongest Second Amendment protections, I think it's always important to keep in mind that when seconds count, police are minutes away, and the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Rather that whether that be a police officer you're waiting to arrive, or a well-trained uh, armed, armed citizen who just happens to be in the right place at the right time, and that's really going to be that's really the the best defense we have against these these tragedies. Coming up, we're going to talk about a piece that the uh, someone in the Press Herald did. I believe it was an op-ed uh, about you because you're young and you're young and <laughs> you're young and you have the wrong uh, the wrong letter next to your affiliation. I guess is really what caused that issue. So we'll talk more about that coming up. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Z1055. Need good transportation, but I have bad credit or no credit? Rose Special Credit, Five. LA's only local radio station. Currently talking with State Senator Eric Brakey. Young state senator Eric Brakey. He's only he's only twenty six. How do you read in the uh, in the Press Herald over the weekend? Against my better judgment, sometimes um, Cynthia Dill wrote a uh, wrote an article uh, about uh, how Democrats share the blame for Maine's constitutional carry law. Because as you know, that's one of the bigger problems in our state right now is the constitutional carry law, apparently. And uh, went on a big you know just typical sort of you know gun control argument here, there, and everywhere, and. Um, and then takes a little bit of a shot at you, um, talking about how it's no surprise, and this is quoting, it's no surprise that a 26-year-old freshman senator's argument was simplistic and naive, but isn't it stunning that a majority of old-school legislators fell for it, including 18 Democrats? So once again, it never seems to me like it, it doesn't matter what side of the party you're on. If you do anything bipartisanly, it'll be used against you at a later date. You know, also... Your fault for being young, by the way. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I had been wondering what Cynthia Dill had been up to since she got 13% in the, <laughs> in the race for U.S. Senate a couple years ago. And now, now we, uh, so it's good to hear from her again. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, I, I, I will say she gets one thing right. Uh, Democrats are to, uh, are, uh, Democrats are partly to blame for it. I just would swap the word blame for praise. Um, I think certain Democrats are partly to, to praise for it. I mean, there are some Democrats, uh, as I said, this, this passed in the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives with strong, uh, strong bipartisan majorities, uh, in, in, passed in the Senate with, with several, uh, uh, several Democrats on, on board. And it really uh, is really, here in Maine, we have a strong bipartisan tradition of support for the Second Amendment. And I think this really was an accomplishment of bipartisanship and people working across the aisle, finding common ground on an issue uh, rather than putting kind of partisan bickering uh, first. So it's, um, 
so I, I think that's a great accomplishment. You know, it is a little ironic, I think, and, and I will, uh, uh, not to nitpick her, but I will, I will let her know I've had a birthday since I was elected, so <laughs> I'm actually 27 now, but, <clears throat> but I do think it's, it does strike me as a little <laughs> ironic that it, to be attacked for being a young legislator, you know, I just I remember seeing an, uh, another article from some uh, uh, someone on the left kind of praising how many young people, young uh, young progressive socialists are getting involved in in the and running for office in the Democrat Party and in for local office in Lewiston and, and, and like that. And it just struck me as, you know, kind of seeing the contrast here. To criticize someone for being young as the legislator getting involved and suggesting that 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 someone's youth, we shouldn't be surprised that young people are are that are that they're naive and and all of that. Um, it kind of you never hear that criticism against their own people. It seems that only when young people come along and want to shrink the size of government and work on conservative reforms. Uh, that that there's a problem with youth, but when people want to come in and and spend tons and tons of taxpayer money that we don't have to grow government on every single social program we can think of under the sun, there's nothing naive about that. Apparently, uh, only when uh, it's only when young people get involved and do things that we disagree with that we have to bash them for being young. But when they come in and do things that we agree with, then we're glad to have them. That's that's typically how it works. Yeah. That's the, from from hindsight i guess I, I i will say i do think you know as someone who i i, I will kind of come out of the closet and admit that i am a young person <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> i thought we were gonna have some other breaking news there for a second no, Eric. No. wow that would be um, close I, i'm joking um but i i will say i i i do think that young people should be getting more involved i do think this out of control spending that's going on is going to uh, it's being piled up on our generation. These, you look at the federal government, trillions and trillions of dollars in debt, and and who's going to pay for that? We're going to pay for that. This this out of control spending is not something that uh, that we should be taking lightly. And I and I do think that young people should be stepping up more to say, hey, stop spending our future. Absolutely. State Senator Eric Brakey is in. Coming up, we're going to talk about question one better known as welfare for politicians and wannabe politicians. We'll have more about that coming up at 743, 43 degrees, Z1055. The Breakfast Club. The news continues. LA's only local radio station. Continue now with State Senator Eric Brakey. By the way, I, I did want to, I, I had to do a quick plug here, by the way, Senator. I, I figured now would be a the best time to do it. Sure, what's that? Um, just heard Mechanic Savings Bank is having a photo contest, and if your photo is selected, you could win 100 bucks. I mean, who couldn't use 100 bucks right now? Really, before the holidays, it come in pretty handy. And there's more with that. Winning photos will be included in the Mechanic's 2016 calendar, so, so get your, your photo stuff ready, Senator. So if you got a good eye or think you do and have a digital camera, why not try to win 100 bucks? Contest is open to everyone. The contest deadline is 5 p.m. Thursday, October 22nd. So don't wait a second longer. For more information about Mechanic Savings Bank $100 photo contest, like the rules, parameters, and how to submit your photos, submit them online to mechanicsavings.com. In case you know any... bust out my camera. See, there you go. You can, maybe, maybe you can just use your camera phone. Maybe that'll even work. Because some of those take some, some pretty good photos now. Um, let's, let's talk about question one. Um, it is election year, even though it's a, a non-presidential election year, non-governmental, uh, non 
governor, a uh, gubernatorial election year. It is still an election year. And in question one, the welfare for politicians is uh, one of my personal uh, favorites to to be talking about. And Senator, I know mm. it's a big one for you as well. It's a campaign form refinancing and everything else that fits right into yeah. what you've been doing. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, I think it's very important to know what this is. This is kind of a wolf's in sheep's clothing issue. It's can't it's it's welfare for politicians disguised up as campaign finance reform. I'm a big advocate for campaign finance reform. I actually have some campaign finance reform legislation I've put in for this upcoming session, which we spoke about on a previous pr- program. I won't I won't um, for sake of time. I won't go over it all over again. But um, campaign finance reform is an important issue. This is not the way to do this. What this essentially does is it would create $6 million in new taxes in order to give taxpayer money to political candidates to run their political campaigns. It's this idea that somehow if you put more money into politics, you're going to get less money in politics, which really does not make sense. The special interest money, it it does nothing to address special interest money going to PACs and political parties and all the the different ways special interests can, can buy influence. Um, it does nothing to address that. It throws good taxpayer money after bad. So imagine this for, for a moment. Currently, a gubernatorial, ca- uh, ca- well, gubernatorial candidate, it would establish it that a gubernatorial candidate can get $3.2 million in taxpayer money. A state senate candidate can currently receive about 20000 They could get up to $65,000 in taxpayer money. A house candidate can currently receive about 5000 It would uh, It would triple to sixteen point five thousand dollars it's tripling the amount of taxpayer money going into this now i know there are certain industries that should probably love this imagine i imagine the people who uh, make money selling robocalls must love this uh and anyone who loves receiving robocalls day after day after day i'm sure you might uh, they might love it but i don't know many of those people uh if you want more robocalls uh, then i guess you want to vote for question one especially if you like the idea of your taxpayer dollars being being receiving robocall after robocall or junk mail after junk mail after junk mail from uh, candidates that you don't support and you're also the one directly paying for it uh, and main businesses are, are paying for it you know it's kind of funny to me that this um, the organization that's that's kind of supporting question one uh, you know they're claiming to be trying to clamp down on special interests and all this and all that 80 percent. They've raised they've raised over a million dollars to support this, and over eighty percent of that of of all the money they've raised comes from out of state special interest groups. It kind of it's it's it, the hypocrisy is really is really apparent. So I'm going to be voting no on question one. I would encourage uh, anyone who cares about responsible use of uh, of main main tax dollars uh, and not putting new taxes on main businesses. I would encourage anyone to really look carefully at this and also vote no on question one. It's, it doesn't fix any of the problems we have. There are solutions out there, but just throwing taxpayer money at the problem is not going to fix it. That's so weird because all this time I just thought throwing taxpayer money at things just made ma- everything magically better and unicorns appeared. That's what I thought. Some, some, some in Augusta seem to believe it is a magic cure-all. It, they, they do. And, you know, the biggest thing with that is I, I'm really torn on that question. I really want to vote no, but, you know, what am I going to do with those perfectly sized cardboard uh, cardboard uh things those those hard paper uh, mailing inserts <laughs> that I can use when I can't find a dustpan 
Like, what what will substitute that? What about the dustpan substitution, Eric? I mean, that's a big deal for some people. I don't I know can, about you, but I can, I can never find a dustpan in my house. So. I, I can imagine, and it certainly is helpful when uh, when you don't want to receive any more voice voicemails. That your voicemail <laughs> inbox is full with robocalls. You know, that way, that way. Uh, <laughs> right. My poor mother now. My mother is I don't know. She's thirty, uh, sixty, again to be sixty-eight. And uh, when she picks up the phone now, like she doesn't say hello, she doesn't say anything. It's just dead air for a minute, and that <laughs> way somebody can talk. That way, none of the robocalls just start blaring at her. Like, yeah, that's that's what we've been reduced to to society now. Yes, yeah. it's it's great, and, and we're paying for it. Yeah, right. And and they want us to pay for more, which makes a ton of sense. I'm very uh, yikes. Well, that does it. We'll see you next month. And next month, you can once again say, "Wow, it's been a month already." Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. State Senator Eric Brakey coming up is going to be Harold Brooks talking about the zombie invasion. Is there an actual zombie invasion coming? I don't know. He's going to tell us. It's a Breakfast Club on Z1055. The Breakfast Club. This is your sports flash. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.